Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, grace and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son of God, and the Christ who stands and invites you into the fullness of humanity, a humanity that is not staged. So you heard from James today, and we didn't hear the fullness of um, 2 Samuel 11, but I want to bring you to where we are because it's going to feed into this turn we're taking with King David. So far in 2 Samuel, David has been set up to be loyal to God, loyal to God's people. David is a man of integrity, David is a man of honor. David, you know this one, is a man after God's own heart. Wow, I want to be like David. Don't you? The whole narrative up to this point is to show us not only God's faithfulness to David, but David's faithfulness to God. And when walking in that relationship how things align rightly. Where we feel beloved, we feel like we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. But friends, as David was beloved and is beloved by God, as we are beloved by God, there are times when we forget. that God is faithful day yesterday, now and always. And when we get into our own minds, thinking 99 times, what happens is we, we do the, what the um, Latin says, in, in, how does that go? In, I can't say it. Turning in on yourself. I learned it in seminary, we'll forget it. That was a million dollar word. Turning in on ourselves. Friends, Davis gives us an invitation in this day, in the story that I'm going to run through quickly about David and Bathsheba, to really live into what is the fullness of humanity. Because I would maintain that then and now, especially now, we are living in an age where our lives are curated. They're staged. Instagram, anyone? TikTok, Facebook. You want to see just how miserable your life really is? Just go look at somebody else's Facebook feed because everything in their life is perfect. Oh. There is this curated life that we like to project while internally sometimes there is something completely different going on. And for King David in our story today, there's something going on. How do I know that? Well, listen to this. Remember, everything's been going great for David. David and God walking hand in hand. Chapter 11, verse 1 says, uh, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, King David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, 
but David remained in Jerusalem. Something is going to happen. There is a shift because it is the season when kings go out to battle. Who did not go out to battle? King David. He sent everyone else out, but he stayed back. We don't know why. We don't know what his thought process was. The text doesn't say that. But what we know is David is left to his own devices. He has gone rogue. And he's a man of battle. He's a man of action. What I know is people of action can get bored when they're not in action. I want to say, don't ever let me be bored. Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> you know why? Because I'm going to be my own worst enemy. King David was his own worst enemy. Because as he's pacing around the roof of the castle, he's looking out all over Jerusalem, and lo and behold, something catches his eye. Her name, and she does have a name mentioned only once in this passage, is Bathsheba. David doesn't know and David doesn't really care who she is. He gives in to a base desire. He sees something beautiful and in his power that he knows that he has, in his privilege that he has, he goes against what he knows is God's will for him and he takes what isn't his. He takes Bathsheba. Now, I mentioned this idea of a curated and staged life. Friends, even the narrators up to this point who are putting forth this text gloss over what is really happening here. The interpreters who took it from Hebrew into um, English have done us a disservice. Because the text says this in, in my NSRV, or in our, yeah, it says, um, so David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Oh, it was Bathsheba. She was the temptress, right? Everybody knows that. No. This was an abuse of power. This was an abuse of privilege. It is depravity giving into somebody's own desires that we heard in James that leads to sin, which leads to evil. The word in the Hebrew suggests he didn't just call her and she came. He took her violently. That puts a little different spin on it, doesn't it? When David gave into his base nature without um, looking toward God, when he made excuses for himself and lied to himself, he set in motion a chain of sin and destruction that would go on for generations. We're going to hear about that in the coming weeks. This is a pivotal moment. It goes so far as David I won't tell you the whole story. You can read it. I've got homework for you. I've got spiritual practices for you. But David ends up having her husband killed because she is pregnant with David's child. And David has no, ex has no, no um, excuse 
because the um, Uriah the Hittite, Hittite was in battle and wasn't with, with her. And he ends up having Uriah killed. Wow, that's pretty extreme, isn't it? So where does this leave us in this day as we are pivoting towards this different dimension of David, of this curated life? Friends, we try to curate our own, li- our own lives by lying to ourselves. Just a little won't hurt. These really aren't my fries, but one more won't make a difference. Giving in to the temptation is not the sin. Giving in to the temptation is where we fall down. David didn't, so do we. So where does that leave us today? This is really depressing sermon, Pastor. Good job. You're welcome. I'll be here all week. Well, where is the good news? Here's your good news. That in Christ Jesus, we have the risen Christ who stands in our moments of self-depravity, self-deprecation, selfishness, self-lives, maybe self-loathing that we have because of our lives, our lies. And the risen Christ reaches out his hands and his side and says, come follow me. Rise again, because my God is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Faithful to do what? To give you everything you've ever desired? No. Faithful, that song says, in his mercy, in his grace, in his forgiveness. When we turn to God, God turns to us. He's always been towards us. We see him standing there in the risen Christ going, oh, my child, beloved. And you're like, I'm not beloved. Beloved, you're forgiven. We're going to hear in a little bit uh, these words that are so important um, from 1 John. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But when we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is God's faithfulness, to cleanse us, to lift us up, to remind us that we are children of God, and now we are invited to live into the fullness of our humanity without our lives being staged. Because yes, while we are sinner, we are also saint. Our sin does not define us. But the name that Jesus gives us as beloved does. So how do we walk in this way? Well, we've got some spiritual practices. I I really am into spiritual practices and disciplines. And I want to offer this to you today. There's four parts to this spiritual practice. You can do this every single day because you're going to be sitting in this text of Samuel 11. So don't worry, you're going to get the details. 
But the first thing I want you to do is to actually pull out the Word of God, either up on your phone or in your Bible, however that is for you. And, uh, oh yeah, I want to invite the worship team down. Um, I want you to actually sit and read 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 15. And notice the words, the phrases. What does the text sound like to you? What are you hearing? How does it even relate to our lives? But before you go further into the next part, I want us to stop deliberately in our practice and remember that God is the God of invitation. We have established that God is inviting us all into the fullness of humanity that is not staged. This is important because then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit each and every day, what is the truth you are leading me to in this passage? And what do I need to be honest with myself? Ooh. And then I'm going to invite us to pray and practice this. So let's, let's try it. Let's just try it once together, shall we, before you start on your spiritual practice for the week. Let's pray the prayer at the bottom of the screen. By your spirit, lead me into an honest place within myself, trusting that you are faithful and just and will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. In your mercy and by your grace, lead me into the renewed life promised to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Friends, I'll be praying for us all as I practice with you this week our spiritual practices.